0: Welcome to Pushback, I'm Aaron Maté. The dominance of Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary has alarmed the Democratic Party establishment. They have tried to stop him with manufactured crises like the supposed preponderance of online Bernie Sanders supporters saying mean things on Twitter. When that didn't work, a familiar crutch returned. On the eve of the Nevada caucuses, the Washington Post reported that Russia, according to US officials, has supposedly developed a preference for Bernie Sanders and will work to help his campaign. No evidence was presented, but that didn't matter. The pundits on MSNBC pounced. The happiest person right now, it's about 1.15 Moscow time. This thing is going very well for Vladimir Putin. I promise you, he, he, he's probably staying up watching us right now. How you doing, Vlad?
1: <laughs> that's absolutely right. And James, so, there's reporting that that's exactly what the intelligence agencies think is going on. I mean, is. The Sanders campaign was brief that
0: Putin um, is helping him or plans to help him right. in the primary. Amazing. It,
1: it, it, we should be very clear that what when we say Russia's helping Bernie Sanders, what does that mean? Yes. They're not trying to help Bernie Sanders be president. They're trying to give Trump the opponent that Trump wants. They helped Bernie Sanders in 2016 to divide the Democratic Party. Now, you might ask the question, and some people have, would they want Trump over Bernie Sanders? Sanders, of course, a uh, democratic socialist, uh, has you know more ideologically in tune with the old Russia anyway. Uh, and remember, of course, the Russians did favor Bernie Sanders in the primary in 2016 over Hillary Clinton.
0: The use of the Russiagate playbook against Bernie Sanders should be no surprise. Sanders and his movement are a threat to the very same people who have pushed Russiagate on the country for the past three years, namely the neoliberal Democratic Party establishment and the national security state. This is something that my colleague Max Blumenthal warned about back in early 2017.
1: This narrative, this Russia hysteria will be repurposed by the political establishment to attack the left and anyone on the left, uh, Bernie Sanders-like politician who steps out of line on the issues of permanent war or uh, corporate free trade, things like that, will be painted as Russia puppets. So this is very dangerous, and people who are progressive, who are falling into it, need to know what the long-term consequences of this cynical narrative are.
0: Max joins me now, editor of The Gray Zone and author of The Management of Savagery. Max, welcome back to Pushback. You've been warning about this for a long time, the Russiagate playbook being deployed against Bernie Sanders. What is your response to seeing this finally come to fruition?
1: Uh, Just another moment of uh, unfortunate vindication. I feel like every time I'm vindicated on something, it's tragic, and it's something that we didn't want to see happen. Um, It really does also highlight the desperation of Bernie Sanders' foes, because this is them really trying to throw the kitchen sink at him. It was deployed a day before the Nevada caucuses by the Washington Post um you know it was dropped by a bunch of reporters who function basically i mean are known stenographers for the intelligence agencies it was concocted by us officials basically meaning in, you know the intelligence services and it didn't work it was solidly rejected by voters in Nevada who were voting on the economy and healthcare um but it doesn't mean that it's going away and i think that's one of the most important takeaways here um I want to kind of unpack this. Um, what we 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 should really look at it as an attack on Sanders, not an assessment. Um, but I want to kind of unpack it based on you know what you and I and other people who've criticized Russia Gate from the left understand. And I think we have to first ask you know what the evidence is, um, because there was apparently a classified briefing of the House uh, Intelligence Committee. Which is, you know, operates under the auspices of Adam Schiff, um, who we all know what he's all about. Um, where evidence was presented, supposed evidence was presented that Russia is interfering again in the 2020 elections. Um, it's not clear to me that they that this briefing actually concluded that Russia was supporting Bernie Sanders, but then the um, Washington Post went ahead and reported that. Bernie Sanders' campaign was briefed on Russia interfering in support of him. So what could possibly have been in that report? To, 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 to demonstrate that Russia was interfering, in support of Bernie Sanders, I actually saw a good theory, assuming it is a theory and not, uh, you know, inside information, from someone that, you know, well, uh, Casey Michelle. Who was formerly at Think Progress, at the Center for American Progress, and is, you know, a full-time internet McCarthyite, trying to flush out anyone who's too sympathetic to Russia, and then accuse them of, you know, being a Russian asset or who knows what. Um, but he actually had a pretty good theory, which is that uh, the intelligence services are basing all of this supposed Russian interference on, you know, viral videos that are supportive of Bernie Sanders. By Americans who work for In the Now, which is a uh, cutout of RT, uh, you know, which is backed by the Russian government, and you know these American reporters and um, pundits, they have full editorial independence, but you could see the intelligence services plausibly con- or making a sort of seemingly plausible case that the that In the Now is part of a foreign agent, registered foreign agent that operates under the auspices of the Kremlin and is therefore a arm of the FSB in their report. They can make it seem so sinister when it's completely innocent. They could possibly do the same with the progressive shows on Sputnik Radio, which you can listen to in Washington DC, Um, like Loud and Clear. I mean, I go on that show all the time. It's a great show. One of the best uh, daily public affairs shows. I know you've been on there. Um, But it's at Sputnik Radio. So the hosts are pretty supportive of the Bernie campaign. Does that mean that Russia's interfering? Okay, any like rational thinking person realizes that Putin isn't providing orders uh, to go out and support Bernie. But again, Max, the intelligence I, services can spin this just as they did in the ODNI report in jan- January 2017. Do you remember that?
0: That's what I was going to say.
1: So... The ODNI report, the office of the Director of National Intelligence, in January 2017, right after Trump took office, attempted to kind of uh, influence the public with its assessment on Russian activities in the election. This is a, you know the declassified briefing. They're trying to show their receipts. and eight pages out of the 21 pages of that document were on what?
0: Uh, it was uh, It was like a, uh, a college uh, paper analyzing the content that aired on RT, not even at the time, but like a few years earlier. So it had on, for example, an, an analysis of Abby Martin's show breaking the set, even though at that point, this is 2017, Abby Martin's show was no longer on the air.
1: Right. And there was another show that was no longer on the air that, you know, they performed kind of high school level, college level uh, media monitoring of, I guess this is the FBI's open source, you know, RT monitoring division. And they just larded their report with things that were said on these shows and accused these shows of, in their words, promoting radical discontent. You know, this is like J. Edgar Hoover language. And I assume that their classified intelligence briefing which was then relayed to the Bernie campaign as part of this attack deliberately designed to undermine Bernie's candidacy was uh, of a similar nature with similarly shabby non-intelligence. And we've been, you know, we've been warning about the danger of this. We were the first out of the gate among a few others on the left to warn about the danger of the ODNI report. And so now, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost for a lot of people who've been within pro-Bernie circles who not only didn't recognize the danger of Russia Gate and how it would blow back on the left on a pro-peace candidate, on a pro-détente candidate, on someone who believes in diplomacy as opposed to militarism, but on people who actually supported the narrative of Russia Gate and actually argued that people on the left should uh, echo this hostile cold war language who did so in publications like the nation um or on the young turks i mean and we don't need to name any names but the chickens are coming home to roost for these people and you know to the extent that they're not willing to be uh to take accountability for it they should be held accountable
0: well i think it's important here to say a few words about why people like us were so uh, alarmed by this entire Russiagate fixation, and so vocally against it. Um, and because there are probably people now tuning in for the first time, especially Bernie Sanders supporters, who are confused to see it being deployed against Bernie Sanders, because for three years we were told that uh, Trump was in the pocket of Russia and that this was the way to oppose him. So you have, starting with Trump's uh, victory, but even before then actually, you have alarm inside the national security state uh, establishment that trump is rhetorically he probably he doesn't mean it i don't think but he rhetorically trump is challenging us proxy wars regime change wars abroad in iraq libya and syria and he's attracting attention uh, and he's attracting support for it that message actually is resonating with voters so you you have uh people in the in the cia and the fbi who are alarmed by that because trump rhetorically is threatening their agenda. Now, whether Trump actually meant it is another story. I don't think he did. I just think he had his uh, pulse on the electorate and was successful in it. But certainly seeing voters mobilized around that message is a threat to the establishment. And speaking of establishment, you have that interest dovetailing and converging with the failed neoliberal elites who lost to Trump with the election. And so for them, this Russia narrative was extremely convenient because they could latch onto it and blame a Russia conspiracy for their loss. And so those have been the uh, dominant uh, uh, powers driving this Russia thing for three years. And who are they? They're people who are also opposed to Bernie Sanders for, as you mentioned, him being a pro-peace candidate and a real threat to the establishment. Because unlike Trump, he has a record of fighting for working people and a record of standing up to regime change wars, although not all of them, but at least something much more substantial than pretty much anybody else inside the Democratic Party. So. Uh, this is why challenging all this has been such a priority, I think, for people like me. And it is not surprising at all to see that same playbook they tried against Trump now being used against Bernie Sanders. I guess one big difference is, Max, and I'm wondering, wondering if you can comment, comment on this, I don't see it having anywhere near the effectiveness that it did against Trump because with Trump, they could exploit the fact that there was genuine fear of his presidency and they could uh, misplace hopes into these... False heroes like Robert Mueller and give people the hope that all this was going to lead to something, which of course it did not. It all failed in spectacular fashion. I think by now people are both tired of hearing about Russia, and meanwhile, you know all the things that we talked about—they're vanished because they're meaningless. It doesn't—you know—all this, the this speculation about a P-tape, all that is gone, and it's it's useless. But now the problems that have remained are the problems that we've been avoiding, like people not having health care, people not having decent wages and on and on and on and on. And Bernie Sanders is the first person in, in a long time to come along and center this. And I just don't think they're gonna have the effectiveness of making this the issue like they did under Donald Trump and Robert Mueller.
1: Well, it remains to be seen whether center left and kind of centrist institutions uh, will oppose Bernie Sanders in the US the way that they did in the UK towards Jeremy Corbyn, mm. but what we've seen since Nevada is an about face from several uh, really prominent pundits who pushed Russia Gate, who've been really uh, pit bulls for the Democratic establishment. Joy Reid, for one, um, you know, who's been warning about uh, you know Soviet Yugoslavia coming back to life uh, for the last three years actually made a pretty fair assessment and an objective rational assessment of why Bernie Sanders is popular for the same. and it's for the same reason that which you, the same analysis you just gave of people just being disgusted uh, with having no economic rights inside of the heart of a superpower. Uh, we've seen uh, actual criticism on the set of MSNBC of Chris Matthews for likening Bernie's victory in Nevada, to the um, the Nazi Germany's takeover of France in 1940. I'm reading last night about the fall of France in the summer of 1940. And the general Renault calls up Churchill and says, it's over. And Churchill said, how can it be? You got the greatest army in Europe. How can it be over? He said, it's over. Why is Chris Matthews? On this air, talking about the victory of Bernie Sanders, who had kin yeah. murdered in the Holocaust and analogizing it to the Nazi conquest of France. the people who are stuck in an old way of thinking in twentieth century frameworks in gulag thinking are missing what is going on. The question is when and whether there will be a reckoning for Russia gate because it's not stopping. MSNBC has been rolling with this all day. I think um, at prime time today, or I mean, it was a Sunday, all the morning shows featured footage uh, <clears throat> or, or segments about Russiagate and the MSNBC news was just peppered with you know, reports. And they didn't say what the reports were and sources mentioning Bernie's connection to Russia. So I don't think it's going to go away. The question is, when will the center left stand up to this? Who will be the first uh, to deliver the Edward R. Murrow moment? and condemn this. And what people in Bernie's base, I think it's actually more important for us to to speak to Bernie's base right now, to speak to people who haven't been following this the same way we have or who simply just took for granted that um, Trump might have been colluding with Russia. And in any case, uh, Trump's a horrible, historically horrible, dangerous president. So if this takes him down, then fine. Uh, To begin to understand what the sources of our opposition were and what is wrong with this. They need to understand first that Russiagate was not just a confection of Hillary Clinton dead-enders, but was a creation of the intelligence services, which is the most malignant component of the establishment they're constantly talking about, which Bernie says he's running against. Uh, the intelligence services is what Donald Trump and his people have been calling the deep state for the last three or four years. Bernie's base needs to understand the deep state is real. Maybe they don't like the term, I call it the national security state, but it's real. They need to understand that the deep state lies, cheats and steals as former CIA director, Mike Pompeo freely uh, disclosed and boasted. They need to understand that it's number one goal, its main goal is the perpetuation of empire. And they need to understand that empire is the ultimate realization of oligarchy. And so if they're against the oligarchy, They need to be against this opaque, unelected, malignant force embedded within the establishment, which is in fact, and this is the key point they need to understand, more dangerous than Donald Trump because if Donald Trump loses in November, he will go away. But the deep state, the national security state, will still be with us, honeycombed inside a potential Bernie Sanders administration with deep hostility to him. And why are they doing this to him? Well, they're not just doing it to him to um, uh, you know, undermine him and prevent him from being president. They're also preparing for a Bernie Sanders presidency, and they're doing this for the same reason that they did it to Trump, which is to box him into an anti-Russian position where he can't meet with Vladimir Putin, which every American president must do because Russia is one of the world's most powerful nations and a nuclear power, without being Deemed a you know, covert Russian asset without being attacked. And so they're trying to break the uh, important diplomacy down that needs to take place between the u s. and Russia to step back from a nuclear war. That's the other thing. Let's just say Russia is to, you know, Russia it would be more content with a Bernie Sanders presidency than with a Trump presidency where Trump has. Uh, after campaigning as a sort of uh, sympathetic candidate who supports detente with Russia, basically been rolled by the most hardline elements of the national security state, broken vital treaties with Russia, uh, enacted a coup against Venezuela, and so many other things. Um, Let's just say that. Let's say they prefer Bernie. So what? What's wrong with that? What that simply means is they think it will be more possible to do diplomacy with him, which means it's less likely that the U.S. will go to war with Russia. It means it's less likely we'll see proxy wars in places like Ukraine where people on both sides of the Donbass are suffering. It means it's less likely we'll see brutal sanctions on countries like Venezuela, which have killed tens of thousands of people, maybe more. So what's wrong with that? So extreme, fact, so, so so extreme, me, so extreme yeah. by the way
0: that Trump just, uh, in a bid to advance that regime change goal in Venezuela, just sanctioned the Russian oil company, Rosneft, because Rosneft has stepped in to deal with Venezuelan oil after, uh, Trump, after Trump sanctioned it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and so uh, why, why do we want to live in a world where that takes place, where the United States, which as it's currently doing under Trump, is trying to prevent countries from freely trading with each other and trying to subject an entire population to a medieval siege. Um, And that's the world that these elements in the national security state, which have confected Russiagate, want us to live in. It's the world that they've created. So there has to be some resistance to this. Um, And I think, you know, it's going to have to come from within the movement that's congealed around Bernie Sanders candidacy. candidacy. Many of the people who are part of this movement are part of it for really legitimate, urgent reasons, like they don't have health care, they're saddled with debt, they've gone to college and they have to live with four roommates. You know, Those are the real reasons to support Bernie for a lot of people, um, but they need to get educated on these issues because they're going to be at the center of the kind of internal res- resistance to Bernie Sanders, possibly even from within o- his own administration.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to hammer home this point that although on the surface it might seem easy to uh, de-link uh, domestic policy, healthcare for all, education, better wages, from foreign policy, you actually can't uh, because the for Bernie Sanders to follow through on his agenda, which includes cutting back you know, the billions of dollars that we spend on wars abroad, that will mean having to change our relationship with countries like Russia because the national security state justifies its existence and justifies the trillions of dollars in weapons spending on having enemies like Russia. So an agenda that actually would increase uh, cooperation, would reenter the nuclear treaties, including those that Trump himself has torn up, would be a threat to the very people who have been driving Russiagate for the last three years. And you know, on that point, I I think it's important that we talk about how for all the hoopla that Trump is Putin's puppet, we saw that again said recently by Hillary Clinton, Trump has been pursuing a really radical uh, hawkish agenda against Russia. We've talked about tearing up the nuclear treaties. We've talked about sanctioning Rosneft this week as part of uh, Trump's effort to overthrow Russia's ally Venezuela. We can go on and on down the list, and we see now even the Trump administration taking advantage of this latest uh, uh, Russiagate smear of Bernie Sanders. So let me play a clip of the uh, National Security Advisor, O'Brien, speaking today on Face the Nation.
1: No, no, what I, look, I, what I've heard from the FBI, you know, well, what I've heard is that uh, that Russia would like Bernie Sanders to, to win the Democrat nomination. They'd probably like him to be president, uh, understandably, because he wants to, to spend money on social programs and probably would have to take it out of the military, so that would make sense. Uh, and, and look, the Russians have always tried to interfere with elections because they want to divide Americans. They want to undermine our democracy. But the idea that they want to they influence the election and somehow cause the president to win... I just don't see it.
0: So that's the National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien uh, saying to CBS that Russia probably prefers Bernie Sanders because he wants
1: to spend money on social programs. Uh, Max Blumenthal. And because he doesn't want to continue increasing the military budget to record levels as Donald Trump has. O'Brien explicitly said that. He said, well, Donald Trump is pushing military budgets uh into the, you know, into the trillions. Um, I think Donald Trump, you know, for the first time is uh, producing new uh, tactical nuclear weapons. This is part of their case that they do not, uh, that they're not in bed with Russia. And that's what Russiagate has done, um, is actually encouraged uh, this kind of militarism. Um, this is something that any administration should be ashamed of and be attacked for, because it means that while they're defunding social programs, they're putting billions and billions of dollars into corporate welfare for useless defense contractors. And it's something that Bernie Sanders actively campaigns against. So you can't be validating Russiagate and at the same time advancing uh, militaristic, uh, sorry, and and, and at the same time advancing uh, kind of a new social contract where Americans have universal health care and the government has the ability to pay for it. It's also important to parse O'Brien's remarks because he actually said, uh, and kind of in a stuttering way, that the FBI had provided him uh, with this information about Russia supporting Bernie Sanders. But in a separate interview uh, today, the same day that he delivered that interview on ABC's Face the Nation, O'Brien declared that he had not, in fact, been briefed by any intelligence agency on... Russia's alleged interference in the 2020 election. So he's essentially lying about Bernie Sanders. And this kind of proves another point that I've been making, and I think you've been making as well, which is that given the opportunity Trump uh, and his people, Trump being a, a disciple of Roy Cohn, Joseph McCarthy's lawyer, will be the ultimate Russia gators. They can be the best McCarthyites. Republicans can be the best McCarthyites. And so as soon as they get the opportunity to attack a candidate on the basis of their connection to Russia, which in Bernie's case uh, relates to maybe like one trip he did to Moscow where he praised uh, Moscow's subway system, they will they will take it, take that opportunity and they will never stop. And so that's kind of that should, that should be this should there should, should be a moment of reflection for people in Bernie's campaign. To what extent do you want to validate the narrative of Russiagate in order to mollify your opponents and critics?
0: right and you know speaking of which, let's take for a second um, let's let's consider for a second that okay like let's say that maybe Russia is interfering on Bernie Sanders' behalf. then what is interesting about it well, a first of all, there's no evidence presented, but b even if it were true what would it even look like we always talk about russian interference but it's never actually specified what actually it is it's sort of supposed to be this like uh ever present uh but force like a monster under the bed but what would it look like well so far in 2016 the allegation was that russia stole some emails and put up some facebook memes that nobody saw but yet the way it's even discussed is 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 is, is that it's like as if we're under threat of a russian invasion. So even the fear monitoring, even putting aside whether or not the evidence board is even there, is quite striking. But you mentioned Bernie Sanders campaigns. Let me ask you about that because they have not been pushing back very strongly on this narrative that there is uh, the threat of Russian interference. They've pretty much accepted it. So for example, Ro Khanna, who is a surrogate for Bernie Sanders, he tweeted today, I made it clear that there is zero tolerance for Russian interference. We need to trust our intelligence agencies and tech companies must prevent disinformation and propaganda campaigns. I have some thoughts on that, Max, but let me get your
1: reaction first. Well, my reaction is more an observation first, which is that Bernie, Bernie's surrogates have been handed talking points and instructions to essentially echo the foundational narrative of Russia Gate, which is that Russia is an inherently malign force in the world that must be confronted and there are so many implications to accepting that view. Ro Khanna has taken it a step further. Um, on Twitter, he declared that we must trust our intelligence services and tech companies, which is a fundamentally anti-democratic statement. It means that we have to put blind faith into two of the most opaque, malignant institutions in American life, the former of which is staffed by many people who keep their identities secret. So we have to put our faith in a agency with a black budget and a gigantic covert wing that is sponsoring activities around the world that we don't even know about. So it's a very dangerous statement for Ro Khanna who is held out there as this kind of anti-war stalwart in Congress to make. Um, and it really raises questions to me about the wisdom of the uh, people around Bernie and how they're setting himself, setting him up um, for possibly becoming commander in chief, um, because as I mentioned before, this isn't just about attacking Bernie or preventing a Sanders presidency. It's about boxing him in to a certain position, a position of hostility towards Russia, which will lead to many people dying around the world.
0: I'm of two minds here. I, I don't obviously agree with the line coming from people like Ro Khanna and also Matt Duss, who is Bernie Sanders' uh, foreign policy advisor. At the same time, I understand the argument from a strategic point of view as to why Bernie and his people wouldn't get uh, drawn into pushing back too hard on this because if they try to say that, if they try to make the argument that we've been making, which is that Russia Gate was basically a scam, then all of their cynical opponents are going to drum up their, their their disingenuous attacks even more and bombard the campaign constantly with even more propaganda than it's already being subjected to so i can understand the argument for just not giving that any ammunition and just meeting uh the prevailing narratives where it is uh and so it's not to be accused of being apologists for for evil russia and so on because doing so would draw then energy and time away from all the other issues especially domestic ones that the Bernie Sanders has fought so hard for and has appeal amongst uh, such a, a wide uh, amount of the population. I don't agree with it, but I can understand the political argument for it. I'm wondering uh, your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, no, I understand why they're doing it. And I know people around Bernie and I know how they operate. I've known Matt Duss for years. That's, I mean, this is this is, you know, characteristic, perfectly characteristic of his thinking and about how Washington works. Um, and you know, so far, I think that they have created some distance between them and the threat. At the same time, Bernie Sanders knows it's bullshit. That's why at the end of his uh, presser in Nevada, when he was asked about this, he said, it's coming from the Washington Post, good friends. And what does he mean by that? He means the Bezos post. He's criticized Jeff Bezos. He's demanded that Amazon pay taxes. There's an implication there. Uh, that Amazon has close links to the CIA, I think, and of course they do. They were paid $600 million by the CIA to maintain its cloud. So Bernie knows, but he's speaking an entirely different language than the one that comprises his internal Democratic Socialist dialogue, and it's a language that sounds a lot like the Washington blob of think, you know, hardline foreign policy think tanks on K Street. And he's setting himself up. The question is if the national security state, using corporate media as its megaphone, working with all of these pro oligarchy elements that are dead set opposed to Bernie Sanders, don't stop with this Russiagate attack, at what point does Bernie decide to resist? And why hasn't he asked them to make this evidence public when we know that it's so flimsy? Why hasn't he said, Where's the beef? At some point, you're going to have to resist it. Otherwise, you risk the same fate that Jeremy Corbyn met in the UK when he refused to confront head on this phony anti Semitism narrative, which, um, as a UK Israel lobbyist confessed on video, was partially responsible for his defeat and wasn't about protecting Jews at all. I, at the right when um, Jeremy Corbyn first declared his. Um, campaign for labor leader, I met with and spoke to a few members of his team, people in his inner circle. And I told them, you know, because this was being done to me as an author and a journalist, um, you know, he's going to be called an anti-Semite. They're not going to stop. They're going to make this the center of their, you know, the campaign to destroy him. And by that, I mean, the Blairites and his opponents in the conservative party, pretty powerful elements. How are they going to respond to it? And they told me, well, the people aren't, you know, our base, our constituency. They're not really interested in it. They're not having it. So we've decided uh, not to respond for now. And you can just see what happened to them in this past year.
0: Well, the one thing that gave me hope about what Bernie Sanders said in Nevada, on top of him pointing out that it came from the Washington Post, was when he was asked why he thinks uh, this report came out now, when the actual briefing he got about the supposed russian preference for him was delivered about a month ago bernie sanders said to the cameras I'll, I'll let you figure that out suggesting that he knows perfectly that this was time to hurt him thanks a month very much ago, how do you
1: how do you think it came out now if you had the briefing a month ago
0: well i'll let you guess about one day before the iowa the uh, Nevada caucus why do you think it came out no. was the washington post good friends which means he knows that there is some political utility to this whole uh russiagate smear and hopefully As you say, he will stand up to it. I just wonder if he won't need to, because enough people are fed up with hearing about Russia, but we will see. Uh, They're gonna um, hear,
1: Aaron, they're gonna hear not just about Russia, they're gonna hear about Nicaragua, because Bernie opposed the Contras, which any peace-loving, decent human would have. They're gonna hear about Cuba, where, which Obama normalized with, we should return to normalization there, and Israel is going to interfere Directly in this election. And tonight, 60 Minutes did focused its entire segment on not on Israel, but Anderson Cooper was focusing in on Nicaragua, Cuba, and the Soviet Union. Mm. It's not going to stop. And Bernie and his campaign, I don't know if any of them are listening, they can't leave it to the movement to do to be their defenders. At a certain point, they're gonna have to stand up to it more strongly than they have before. And I think people will, that will resonate with a lot of people, particularly because these issues don't relate to them. They understand them as malignant attacks from forces that they haven't voted for. And uh, they, so they should give it a try.
0: Well, and they can go to thegrayzone.com for a lot of material uh, to work with. Max Blumenthal, editor of The Gray Zone, author of The Management of Savagery. Thanks very much. Thanks.